Hello and welcome to another episode of the Diaspora Collective podcast. Here at Diaspora HQ, we dissect and explore contemporary events and news and pop culture and how they pertain to Black communities' experience of race. We also link concepts to pathways of action in our follow-up resource roadmap. My name is Delali and today I'm joined by... Abba. Dominique. And Mel. So in this week's episode, we'll be speaking about race and reality TV. It's that time of year when Britain showcases its newly developed top export, the Love Island series. Um, And we have some diehard reality TV show fans in this joint. So this week, we'll be exploring how we view and experience reality TV shows as black women. Does the way reality TV producers interact with race and diverse or undiverse cast determine how much we can enjoy our reality TV? How do these choices reflect wider patterns with racial socialization and concepts of desirability in general? And is looking to interact with racial discourse in Love Island reviews a barrier to our hot girl summer? Or is it naive to think that we can ignore blatant racial undertones in reality TV? So before we delve into that, very appropriately that we're speaking about reality TV because the UK government has been moving like the cast of Real Housewives <laughs> has been scandal after scandal after scandal. So we didn't think that we could do this episode about giving a shout out to the messiest hot girl, Matt Hancock. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. I really hope that Egyptian holder was playing in the background when they were getting off in, oh, in the corridor. <laughs> actually kills me oh my god it's so funny guys i mean it's really sad because obviously there's families involved and there's yeah. children involved like, Why is it sad? Mm. Um, but at the same time <laughs> sorry I'm, I'm so sorry forget so them sorry. kids <laughs> Yeah. What's your take on this on the scandal? It's um, embarrassing. Yeah. What is that? Can you imagine? Of always that you're getting caught. And oh, like like Dell said, it is actually a really um, serious situation. There are two families that are involved. Um, you know, break up of marriages, children, but oh, I actually can't lie, I can't lie, but I can't do anything but laugh because if you don't laugh what do you do you just cry like the embarrassment the embarrassment oh, jesus the english how embarrassing our government is the fact that our health secretary got caught like that of always is just you can, <clears throat> you can only just laugh it's just like like i said in the chat when he should have been facing the sage reports the guy was up smooching getting pressed against the wall number one <laughs> <laughs> just, I was like, Trump, just Trump coming to grab Nyash like that. I'm not even grabbing people. It have been dying, and this is what you've been doing in your like spare time. And I think we spoke about this. It's like the worst thing is like they're always paying their side pieces. Like he gave her a 15k contract. That other girl Boris Johnson was sleeping with. Didn't he like give her money illegally for something and like take her on like trips and stuff? Like it's just embarrassing. I'm tired that of like they shame the African governments for being mm. embarrassing, but this is this is this like is, another level. I literally had an hour-long conversation with an Uber driver about how 
like the corruption that we see in African governments is inherited from colonialism. Like he stopped the car outside my house. I did not get out for another 30 <laughs> minutes because we were talking so much about this. Like I've, I feel so strongly about this, but that serious note aside, I just think that like, how can you be the health secretary of of all positions in the government and you're the one breaking your own rules these are the times that people just need to look into their own suit because like shout out to my mum for that Ghanaian proverb she loves it truly truly yeah that's all I've got to say because that's he's moving so mad (laughs) I just can't believe as well like she really fumbled the bag. Like we were talking about this the other day. Her husband. She, she fumbled the bag and he, while he was fumbling with her arse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, not even a grab, you know. <laughs> her husband was like, is, is he the owner of Oliver Bonus? Mm-hmm. So literally. Yeah, like, have... Isn't their home like 3.5 million pounds? Mm-hmm. This woman is probably a millionaire and she's coming to move. Like, oh, okay. Beauty's in the eye of the beholder because no. I know there's a lot of no. It's not even about stop. the way he looks. Like I said, do you not want a man that's good at his job that can apply no, no, no. himself? <laughs> <laughs> you look like such a mum when you do that. No, you know the reason why I say that is because a lot Shocking. of the tweets were like a lot of the tweets were like. Um, obviously it makes my skin crawl like how could you get me about Hancock like look at him and the reason why I say that is like beauty's in the eye of the beholder because obviously I cannot understand I was talking to my friends yesterday and they said if my man was a millionaire owner of Oliver Bonas had all this money she said I would be the most the most well-behaved wife you would ever see and she's just coming to do crinkle crackle behavior like that with him <laughs> i got caught in I like 720 not even not even 1050 no, okay we caught no, you no, in no, 4k no, 420 p like what's that video no. of the guy where he's like in 4k in 4k they caught you in 4k i know that we said that we are banning cater to you by destiny's child because they're very oppressive lyrics but like you said if my man was a millionaire i would be rubbing oil between the toes oh. i would be doing the dishes <laughs> i would be the house would be feminism leaves the chat all of a sudden <laughs> <laughs> but mel what no, was no. it you said that she gave up was it the makeup bags from oliver bona oh my god yeah like literally in that shop they have the nicest uh bags with like your initial on them and also really nice candles like imagine how many three of those she's got for her whole life now she can never do it again also she can't go through a station without thinking about her ex-husband <laughs> that's so true that's long all of her bonuses exactly is in so like long. every station literally Kings cross everywhere babe everywhere that's peak that's peak but, you know what love is blind and if they're happy together i hope it's worth it Godspeed. I don't mm. think Matt's is Matt leaving his wife. I mean, I know. I think she left. He left. He left her for the, the day before. Apparently, right? apparently, he left her. That he left Matt Hancock left his wife the day before because I guess he knew this was all coming out. Wow. And apparently, like they're in love. So I mean, like you said, Godspeed. Do you know what though? His wife, big up her. She did the like Diana revenge dress kind of yes. like moment when she was walking out of her house her hair was feathered crisp white shirt shades she said no one's gonna see any pain from me and you know what in all this let's all be is it martha hancock mood for the rest mm. of the year because she's dealing mm. with it very gracefully to be honest 
I mean, lastly, other other government BS is obviously the realisation, guys, that did you know that the reason for white working class poverty in the UK is because the term white privilege is starving children? Yeah, it's a really new realisation that Critical we all think race is theory absolutely is the groundbreaking. Yeah. It's mad. So, so briefly, what are y'all opinions? Um, is it every day that they have to censor themselves? Is it is it really every day? Like realistically, when people use the term white privilege, I actually don't think it's to insult you. It's not you. It's not using it to insult your race. They're actually using it as a term of the fact of the matter is because of your race, you have the upper hand in X, Y, and Z. So for you to just be like, oh, that's the reason why X and Y and Z happened because you call us white privilege because you have privilege. Like, keep it moving, please. I don't know. I think we know we were talking about accountability in the last episode. I think it's just a massive misplace. Like, accountability is just like, where is it? I cannot see it. We do not I don't know her. It's very, very that. I just think like it's so divisive as well like the language that was being used around it like pinpointing that as a specific reason when we already know that like in the US like they're stopping teaching critical race theory in schools and stuff like it's really dangerous. Mm. I feel like you guys summed it up pretty much perfectly to be honest. Mm, I just think they're fanning the flames of the culture war and I just think in a year when they were given kids tuna in penny bags um and cutting public funding to everything for you to say the reason that there's a disparity in the life of white working class boys is because of critical race theory and because black and racialized minority people are trying to demonstrate that there is a disparity based on race in this country is like so insidious and i think like one i think the white working class need to start liberating themselves from thinking there's solidarity and whiteness and realize that at the moment the thing that is separating us the most is class and the minute that they're done with us your whiteness is not going to protect you from the other rich white people so it's very naive to think that when we're talking about white privilege we're saying that your life isn't hard we're just saying that there's hardships you don't experience because you're not black there's hardships I don't experience because I'm not trans. There's hardships I don't experience because I'm not disabled. It's not that hard to understand. So I think we just need to catch this government on their, their crap because they're doing the most at the moment, guys. They're really trying it. Also, I just want to say, like, with the whole white working class thing, why is it only ever white working class people that matter? Do you know what I mean? Like, no one ever talks about the black working class in a study or like the Asian That's working so class or the white working class I'm not saying they don't matter I'm not saying they don't matter and their struggle isn't important I don't hear mm-hmm. what they're saying however I don't really understand why no. it has to always be well, what about the white working class like what about the working class in general it's true you're right like labor rights are on a low like public funding is on a low social welfare is in decline if you really care about working class people that's the stuff that you'll focus on so Viva la revolución, guys. Again. <laughs> per usual. It's a lifestyle. <clears throat> oh, so should we move on to the episode topic? Previously on Love Island. That was my Insta. <laughs> <laughs> you tried. 
What is this thing, thing? I wanted to kind of change it up a bit. I was like, let's no, no. I was like, we're not getting copyrighted. No, exactly. Remix. Listen, Mel is the only one who's a true one because she's dancing along to it. So. Okay, who wants to to ask the first question? I'll go. Okay. okay, ladies. So, if you could be on a reality TV show, what one would you choose and why? Ten marks. Go. Mine's got to be Real Housewives. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. This and this of course. <laughs> Anyone who knows me will know that answer straight away. I mean, and I'd, I'd be happy with either being in New York or Atlanta. I'm happy with both of those. And just because I'm obsessed and the lifestyle, hum, that's all I've got to say. <laughs> I just want to be the lifestyle. <laughs> Big um, retweet. Yeah. Yeah. I think 90% of my personality comes from Real Housewives. But um, if I had to pick a different one... But what would I pick? What do I really like? You know what? Too Hot to Handle came in like a thief in the night and they're shaking tables at the moment. No, the current season is really mm. good. And do you know what I like? I like yeah. it where you just let sexy people be sexy. <laughs> like none of this, like we're not expecting too much. We just want you to be paying and it's fine. Like do what you've got to do. Struggle with self-control. All of those things that make us feel really human. And I'm here for it. And I'm here for the different nationalities. I think that's really yes. interesting, you know, because normally we don't really get like that transatlantic kind of situation. Um and I think they're, they've come in at a good time. So, and they release all the episodes in one go. So I'm here for it. I'd love to see it. I feel like mine has to be love and hip hop. I can't lie. I think it's because, <laughs> not to actually be a character, because I actually wouldn't survive. <laughs> Someone would look at me wrong and I'll be, I'll be crying. <laughs> what was the reason, bitch? What was the reason? <laughs> I'll be like, I don't know. <laughs> So I feel like it would have to be love and hip hop, but as a bystander, you know, only because I know it's not good to encourage like drama and like fighting, but there's just something about the hilariousness of when someone is just in a mood and it's like, they're just ready to throw hands. There's no, there's no hesitation. There's no talking behind this person's back. There's no, like, if they are talking behind the back, it's not going to come to light. Ooh inject it in my veins so mine would have to be love and hip-hop um, and also the music is hilarious so <laughs> i don't really know because i only watch i've only watched um real housewives of beverly hills to be honest so i would say like one of the real housewives franchise um but preferably if it, i don't need to do beverly hills if i was white and atlanta given that i am black mm. Um, and which obviously we'll talk about the reason for that later on, but I would say keeping up with the Kardashians had a pretty good run. I'm not gonna lie, RIP 20 seasons. Literally, they did what they had to do, they pushed all of their products onto us, Mm -hmm. stepped on our necks, made Mm -hmm. us spend our coins. Like, I'm people were buying Rob Kardashian's socks, socks, Arthur George. 
Guys, do people remember up. Dash? Like, do you remember their store Dash? Oh my god, the Dash store. and Smooch. Oh, Smooch. Yeah. Is that the kids and now one? they're just that. Yeah, now they're pushing. <laughs> they're pushing. Yeah. Oh, that was <laughs> a <good. laughs> the, the lifestyle. <laughs> so yeah, I feel like just <clears throat> obviously on based on comedic value, just like family dramas. I find that found that really funny. But like, yeah, they just make a lot of money, and that's what I'm down to do. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, honorary mention to Married to Medicine as well because those women don't come to play, and you guys should actually really watch that. It's really good. It's quite a niche choice, though. <laughs> I, I always see that on Hey You, and I was like, who watches that? that? It's because I've watched all of the franchises now of Real Housewives. <laughs> I've run out of franchises to watch. <laughs> mm, okay, I mean, Dom, you made a good point about like if you were in. Real Housewives, you would be in Beverly Hills if you were white, but you would be in Atlanta if you were black. And I think like it leads on to like a a good point for us to discuss, which is like how the racial makeup of shows, especially like racially integrated shows versus like single race cast, for example, like Atlanta, apart from Kim Zosiak, lol, <laughs> is was like an exclusively black cast and like still is. Mm-hmm. Um so I guess like that's that's a bit of a phenomenon now I think arguably I don't I think like racially integrated shows are kind of like a new phenomenon I think it was really traditional to have it's like racial segregation in shows Mm -hmm. um so do you guys think that's like a modern reflection of the way society is now um or do you think that like that doesn't keep up with the way that we interact at the moment I don't know it's a tricky one because as much as I am so for representation and like obviously integration in shows, I think the position that we're in at the moment, we're not in a post-racial society. We don't live in a post-racial society. And the reason why I watch reality TV is so I can not think about life. It's that like 30 minutes or however long I spend binging on a particular program where I can just like switch off, watch some someone else's bullshit in their life that like has nothing to do with me and be really entertained by it. I don't want to, and I think an issue that we've found or have been finding more recently, like on the back of the election, the BLM movement is that this kind of discourse around race and racism has been like kind of filtered into like Real Housewives of New York, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I was watching the episode and I was like, I live this life. Like, I don't want to watch it in reality TV. So that that would probably be the reason why I would be like, <clears throat> um, I would prefer the shows to be separate just because then we aren't faced with that. Um, because that's not the reason why I came here. Like, I talk about critical race theory all the time. Like, it's just not why I arrived at this platform. But um, I can see why it'd be problematic. So, yeah, what do you guys think? I think that's a good framing of it, of, like, what are the pros and cons to having, like, racially integrated reality TV shows, but also having, like, like monoracial shows? What do you guys think, Melanaba? Um, I think it's, yeah, I understand exactly what you mean, Dom. I think that's the whole essence of why we do watch reality TV. But I did want to say, um, do you think that there would also be backlash if they didn't, integrate a lot of the racial issues that were happening in the real world because 
a lot of what they are doing in terms of the actual reality TV is actually their real life. So mm-hmm. if they actually didn't speak about these things or kind of integrate them, wouldn't there be the whole essence of, okay, you're clearly just trying to act as if it's not there. Um, I know for, for example, Real Housewives, I haven't actually watched like Beverly Hills or New York really, um, but with Atlanta, of course, they, they'd they spoken about it because a lot of them, you know, they, they were part of um, like the protests and um, a lot of these things obviously do affect that community. Um, so I'm not too sure in terms of like how they approached it in like Beverly Hills, New York type thing. Was it like a key thing they were talking about or was it just a thing where you felt like they had to mention it because that's what was going on? I mean, Mel, I think you'll come on to this later with your queen. Oh, okay, cool. But no, I don't think they had to do oh, it no. at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, then that answered that, that part. But um, I do also think it depends on the reality TV show you're talking about. So with like Real Housewives, I feel like their franchise has gone to different areas. So in a way, I guess you could argue that they do integrate race because obviously you've got Atlanta, then you've got Beverly Hills, you've got New York, you've got like, even in England, we have one, you've got one, I believe it's in South Africa, there is one. So in a way, I guess they do, maybe not directly in their direct cast, but in the franchise itself. Um, But like, if you're looking at shows like, let's say Love Island, uh, maybe like Survival of the Fittest, like those types of TV shows, you don't see a lot of racial you don't see a lot of variety in race. And I only think it's up until, I guess, maybe the last couple of seasons, they've actually tried to make, I say effort in inverted commas, because realistically it's not <laughs> effort. Um, <laughs> but um, I wouldn't necessarily say that they're even like racially integrated that much, really. Mm, I would say they've done it also in the past, but it's been like the same stereotypes for like, what was their Tyra Bank show? America's Next Top Model. Mm-hmm. And if you think about that, it was hosted by a black woman. Yet every single year she'd have a black quote unquote bitch or like something like that. So I'd say, and that was a pretty an integrated show, but that was just because it was part of the fashion industry. And even though the fashion industry is, I don't know, pretty diverse, you don't at the same time really see a lot of black people at the forefront of it. They're more on the mm-hmm. mood boards, you could say. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, I don't think it's like, I have like mixed thoughts about it because I think it's good to see people mixing. However, I do also think that black women should have a safe space. And I think what I've seen from where black women are integrated into those white areas, let's say like Love Island or Real House of New York, because I'm going to go on to speak later, mm-hmm. they're kind of forced into these stereotypes. Whereas in Atlanta, like Real Housewives of Atlanta, um, you actually get to see their personalities besides them just being a black woman. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to touch on this more later, but I don't know. I think it's a good thing in some ways to have like an integrated show, but I don't think it should be at the cost of no. a black woman's sanity, basically. Mm-hmm. I agree yeah, with you. I think like, obviously we want to see, I hate the term racial mixing. I said this in the last episode, it makes you sound like such a eugenicist. We want to see, (laughs) we want to see people integrating, but I have a gripe with putting black people in spaces that you haven't created to make safe for them, AKA putting them Mm. in the cast where people don't fancy them, where people are obnoxious and ignorant, where people have been racist in the past. And there's like pictures of them doing blackface like two years ago. Like it's one thing to say, oh, we're gonna 
make the cast diverse but have you made the cast safe and I think that's why a lot of black people prefer to watch reality tv where the whole cast is black and that's not to say there's not issues within our community I mean in my Housewives of Atlanta and Love and Hip Hop there's always issues around colorism and stuff like that that come up but then those are issues that like we can navigate as black people ourselves it's just another thing to like when I saw that they put another black woman in Love Island this year I was like again so I can't just enjoy the show again Mm. I've got to be reminded of the fact that not a lot of people fancy us that they're probably gonna like you know what I mean then there's gonna be all this discourse about her hair and like all of this stuff like it was like I just want to enjoy the tv show and sometimes I would actually rather watch a cast full of all white people than have to watch a cast with one black person in there and watch them struggle because it's a bit Mm. triggering and like do you guys remember there was like a tv show about models and Devin Windsor was on it and they were talking about um issues around diversity there was like a black model a southeast asian model maybe she was chinese and a south asian model and they were talking about how difficult it is to book shows because like in milan and paris they'll only ever have like one black model one asian model and devon windsor was like yeah i find it really difficult because i'm blonde and um, sometimes like, you know, being blonde is really difficult because like people would just typecast you in the fashion show and they were all looking at her like, is this girl smoking? And it's like things like that, like, I don't want to watch that. I don't want to watch that, especially when there's not an opportunity for you to interact and tell that person how stupid it is. Or like, you know, for a fact that in the yeah. reunions with the Real Housewives, when they're racist, Andy Cohen never sits them down and talks to them about mm-hmm. being racist. So that we just have to watch this stuff. There's no remedy for it. Um, so, yeah, I guess those are kind of like the pros and cons. But then, like Abba said, it's a bit rough if they don't do it. But I don't know if that's what we should be focusing on at the moment. I kind of feel like in my priorities to do with racism... Yeah, reality TV is probably at the bottom of the list, to be honest. So it's really harmful when we see ourselves misrepresented in reality TV. What kind of stereotypes spring to mind for you guys? So the one I wanted to bring up was the undesirable yet overly sexualized one. So this is more pertaining to Love Island. Um, And obviously for any of our listeners who don't know what Love Island is, how do you not? I'm joking. <laughs> um, <laughs> but basically, it's just a reality TV show where people go on to um, go to this villa to find love. And like we were talking about kind of in the beginning in terms of um, having like a plethora of races on the um, episode, well, on the seasons. So the one that springs to mind is Samira and Yawande. So Samira was... Um, one of the contestants in, I believe it's season four of Love Island. Now she was actually mixed race, right? Yeah, she was mixed race. Um, and Yawande, um, who was in, I think it was like the se- season, I can't remember what season we're up to anyway, but either way, um, you know, Nigerian babe. And for both of them, it's like they were always picked last. It's like they weren't the, and they were beautiful girls, like don't get me wrong. They were very beautiful girls. Um, it didn't seem like people wanted to pick them. They were always picked last. Um, they, I don't think they even found partners until probably later on in this, in the like seasons of their seasons. Um, some of them, obviously, like in the case of your one day, you know, she kind of she found someone, and then he ended up being 
we don't need to get into that one and then the same thing with Samira I don't think she even found someone until like later on further on in the actual seasons and I feel like this has kind of been a case for I think the the most recent seasons actually where you know they kind of have like their quote-unquote token black girl um and then that token black girl doesn't seem to be the one that anybody wants um she's like pick last and we're actually even seeing it with Kaz this year absolute gorgeous babe and I'm not trying to do it at the and I'm not trying to say at the detriment of it's true and we're not trying to say this at the detriment of the other women because they're beautiful too but when I tell you this girl is beautiful and it's like it's that she's the last and it's the typical thing and obviously people can argue and say oh you know maybe that's just not maybe the guys just that's not their type I'm so sorry no 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 no. when I tell you the beauty she no so um she's everyone's type and then you think about it as well like these women like black women would also be very over sexualized in terms of like you know they've got the amazing bodies they've got like a big bum they'll be toned and stuff like that but then it's like nobody wants them it just is in a way like doesn't add up not trying to say that because they're over sexualized it means they should be wanted but it's like they're just over sexualized but then put in a box and and it's as if okay like you've got your token black person on the show but we're going to paint them as the one that nobody wants, the one that seems to be difficult, the one that's picky, as if they themselves are not allowed to have um, an opinion of what they want in someone. So yeah, like that's my two pence on it. What do you guys think? Aggregated all of that information really nicely, Abba. I think we're so right. I think it's really hard to watch as well when you see that happening to someone that looks like you. And not just once, not just twice, but every single time. Like, it is just a lot. But I was just thinking, like, even with, like, mixed race women um, as well. Like, I don't think, I think you're not shielded from that element of um, people hypersexualizing you. Like, you still receive, like, some of the shitty parts of how people can like perceive you mm-hmm. and think about you and like play into and also not being picked yeah and also not being picked because every season of love island whether a woman's been monoracially black or mixed race she's been the last one like montana is mixed race she was picked last amber was picked quite late wasn't she so i just think it's like blackness in general and also I remember they said about Amber loads of people saying like oh she had a BBL or like even with Montana saying like oh my gosh she has such an amazing bomb like what did she do to like did she have some sort of surgery for it and it's like genetics literally and also it could even be just hard work that they actually got their bodies like that like that aside though I feel like even if they did decide to have surgery Mm. to have BBL like didn't Megan what's the problem yeah yeah, she had loads of surgery and she was like, mm-hmm. well, I was bullied about the way that I looked. I decided to change it because I wanted to feel mm. confident. Why should I be um, like penalised for yeah. changing myself so that I feel happy with myself? You mm-hmm. Like, this is the fucked up thing about like the way that people will like bully women about their looks and then also bully them for changing the way yeah, that doing they something look. About, yeah. They want to be more comfortable. But I think well, that's a whole different conversation for another day. I just wanted to pick up on what Abba said about being picky and just like how that really rings true just in everyday society as well. I feel like people were saying that Montana was too picky as well, Amber as well, but like I feel as sometimes like an underlying 
consensus that basically black women should just date whoever fancies them the first person to fancy them rather than taking their pick yes it's like you know even like at school they'd be like oh he fancies Preach. you and if it's someone Speak who on literally, it, melissa please yeah, literally don't Preach. you don't find attractive they aren't really attractive in general you're just expected to go for it because it's like well mm. she's black so she just has to take what's given and yeah i just feel like people always say that and it's so true it's, it's literally so true that's well, that was a really good point, Emma, basically, and wanted to no, shine light on it. Well, you're spitting facts because I think that's the socialisation that occurs when they are friend-zoned like that or presented like as so undesirable is that then when a contestant comes in and fancies them, everyone expects them to jump on that person regardless of their own individual preference, which takes so much autonomy out of like their dating experience. And I think the worst thing is like, not only are they presented as undesirable and friend-zoned, but then they become like everybody's like emotional blanket, like mum to support, especially the guys. And they're like, oh, like she's my best friend. She's my confident, all this stuff. Like, why can't we also be like the sexy women who get picked by lots of guys? Because there are men out there that like black women, Forget what love I tell hard to you. Find. They're not hard to find. Trust me. We, you can walk down Wolfie's High Street <laughs> and people Trust will be shouting <laughs> dark chocolate nonsense at you all day long. Dark skin melanin princess. <laughs> Girl from the islands. <laughs> so it really isn't hard. So I completely agree with you, Mel. I think that's like a secondary consequence of that, that people definitely like under-recognise. Under and even Amber said it like, that's why she didn't step forward for people because she knew that people wouldn't pick her. So sometimes the pickiness comes from our insecurity and it's also a protection because we have been made to feel undesirable so much. So mm -hmm. snaps for that point, Mel. I think just going off of the point that you made about like being someone's confident, I think there's another stereotype around like being the filler or the token or like being invisible. And I think as part of that, I would say even read um, supporting character. I feel like the way Malika was portrayed in Keeping Up, she's always Chloe's person, but never a person fully in her own right. And obviously I know the show is about the family, but I just think that the way that she's been portrayed across all of the seasons, she's always like helping Chloe in her time of need, being Chloe's support system, doing things for Chloe. And like, she doesn't really like, yeah, she had a baby and everything. And I know they throw through her shower and I know that not everything gets included in the show, but that's also really harmful um, that we can't like, that we see black women portrayed in a way that they don't have like their own autonomy or like they aren't seen in their own light for who they are they're just seen as being a resource or, or something or someone to support other people um so that's only one um example though does anyone have any other yeah mel go on jordan woods from the same show was only oh, shown in the light oh of being so oh, sorry, Dom, your reaction were like, oh, bitch. Same show. And also that family in general is problematic and does rinse off black women, basically. And even in their show, that same thing is shown to be, I don't know, like the only main storyline that I feel like either of those two individuals have got is when Jordan 
no sorry Tristan kissed Jordan not Jordan could kiss Tristan I'll just put the facts out there now <laughs> and also when like was it Malika like tried to get with Chloe and they all took the piss out of her oh yeah or yeah. Rob or was it she, she was, was getting Rob with she was getting with Rob or something and then it was like a whole drama yeah again hypersexualized from both of those from both those storylines so that's the only time I've really been giving a limelight in that show I actually okay. one point. Oh, sorry, maybe I was just gonna say one point. Um, that you said, Dom, about you know, obviously, you know, the the show is about keeping up with the Kardashians, but like, they are individual people in themselves. So yeah. I won't lie to you. Someone like Jordan, I I only knew of her, came across her because of the show. But then someone like Malika and her twin sister Khadija, they're actually actresses in their own right. Before. Mm-hmm keeping up with the Kardashian yeah okay they may not have been like the most famous but they're actually quite well known for mm-hmm. a, I think a couple of roles that they had well quite a few roles that they've done um in their like earlier life so it's the fact that a lot of these um individuals their um, personality came from the fact that they are the friend of one of the Kardashians and then you see how mm-hmm. quickly that when something goes wrong they will drop these people so mm-hmm. quick like hot mm-hmm. coal and then put all the stigma on them, put all mm-hmm. the stigma on, oh my gosh, I did this. Look at, look at Jordan now. Look how our sis is flourishing. She's, fl- she's getting Birkins from Carl Ka- Anthony's house. Honestly! Get your bag, girl. Good for her. The minister and baroness of black love. Let me just say that now. Like, wait, um, is he black? Yeah, he is black. Yeah, he's black. Yeah. I think he's he's so hot. Oh my God. <laughs> and so tall. <laughs> and his arms are so nice. Girls, I can't. I can't. This is I'm Dom's thirsty hour. <laughs> I tell, I'm telling you, the next guy I'm going to be with has to be an athlete because I can't. Gotta be a baller. What's the song Um, about ballers? All my friends are ballers. <laughs> 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 Yeah, I think it's such a good point with keeping up because the amount of useless information I know about Jonathan, <laughs> what's his name? Food, Food God. God. Like, I know he runs restaurants. Like, they give him his storylines and, like, all of these Black women who were the best friends, they never get represented in out in in out of the main character. And I think reality TV where there's groups, camera time, like storylines always so secondary like how can I be watching a reality tv show where there's one black person and they're getting like two percent airtime and the only time they get airtime is when there's drama or when they're like centered in a love triangle with two other main characters kind of thing and I just think there's just something about like narrative share that's so off when it comes to black people so it is a really big kind of stereotype that needs to be challenged. Real Housewives does it all the time in the cast where there's like one black housewife. Oh like gosh, yeah. it takes you forever to learn anything about them. It's absolutely it? insane. Is her name Gazelle? <clears throat> Gazelle? No. What's her name in Beverly? Giselle. 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 Oh, Garcelle. Garcelle. Oh, yeah. Oh, Garcelle. My... I said Giselle well, with such a... confidence, you know. <laughs> Beyonce is Giselle knows Carter. Um, no, but like in that first season where she was included, I was like, nothing. I Learned know nothing, nothing about, about this woman. I know that she's got a husband. I know she's got two kids and that is literally it. Whereas mm-hmm. this season, I feel like we get to see her personality a little bit more, but we are still in the realm of her having conversations with people being their support system also talking about race and trying to like be the mediator 
Um, but mm. yeah, different point, I suppose. <clears throat> um, just want to kind of lead off that point to the next stereotype, if that's okay. Um, which is like a new stereotype. It's like the new wokeness barometer of TV shows. But I feel like it does link to that in the fact that they're only shown in one light and you don't actually know what their actual personality is. And my personal um, example from this is Ebony from Royal Housewives of New York. I literally have personal beef with Andy Cohen about this. Just because <laughs> I feel like... <laughs> I'm going to have to tweet him. I think I'm going to have to tweet him, Andy. Account. Andy, catch me outside. Literally, though, like I love him, but like he's really doing us girls a disservice right here. Um, just I feel like just because of last year from BLM and stuff, everyone now wants to be on the right side of history, which is good in some ways. However, in other ways, it's actually really harmful. So, like Ebony's basically only been shown on the show when she's talking about race or educating her white peers on the show, which I don't know if it's been forced by producers, but I'm sure she does other shit as well that just hasn't been shown. And it's like, I know it kind of irks me because I think it's good the stuff they're doing, like she's doing stuff about black history and she's talking about topics to these women who basically don't know any black people. I think in some ways it's good. However, it again like pushes that agenda that basically black people should be the teachers of racism and she said herself like she's like really educated on this she feels like it's her personal duty but again that personal duty basically comes from white supremacy i was just gonna ask is that really the facet to use to to educate people about anti-racism is being on reality tv show i mean it might be someone's only chance, to be honest. You just don't know. Yeah, you don't know. You don't know when you're going to get the message out. But I also ha- I'm on Mel's gripe with Andy Cohen because for you to cast a woman like Ebony, who is very educated, but is very aware of her blackness and really wants to change narratives right. and works in politics and works in law, to put her in a room with people like Ramona Singer, who calls people the help, and voted for Donald Trump. Yeah. And then, like, it's tr- it's ridiculous. Like, you get casting tapes. You would have known what she wanted to do with the platform. There should have been an element of protecting her because Luann's done blackface and she's trying to explain a concept like the angry black woman stereotype to Luann. Luann doesn't care. That woman, she painted herself as, was it a Tina Turner? And she was wearing an afro to a Halloween party. And when they told her it was racist, she was like, no, it's not. So I just think, why are you putting somebody who really wants to change narratives around race relations with people who are just so willfully ignorant? Like, even Mm. in in this episode, Ramona's like, I don't want to be educated. Yeah. I just think it's like, you're going to hit, you're going to hit a wall kind of thing. So like, yeah, if there were people that were willing to learn and there were people that were willing to understand where she was coming from, it'd be a different story. And maybe she wouldn't have to spend so much of her time talking about race. I feel like because you're putting her with people who are just so ignorant, it's mm. going to happen all the time. They're going to trigger her all the time. So I think she probably does talk about other things, but it's the only thing they see her worthy of talking mm-hmm. about because mm-hmm. they basically don't want to be seen as like not doing anything right. And even like the way before, I feel like the way race is presented on that particular show like before do you remember Kim, was it Kim back in the day and stuff like that was kind of brushed <gasps> over whereas now oh my Ray god an integral part of every single episode yeah. like it's really the switch has been flipped there 
and I feel like it's Such really a good point. Why. That's I don't know. Because like in the early 2000s, Kim from the the only white woman from the Atlanta cast, there was a point where Nene was like, you talk to your assistant like she's a slave. Um, and she was really rude to her assistant and she would like visit Candy in her house and be like, this is the hood, this is the ghetto. Mm. Her daughter's the one that said oh Nene had gosh, roaches yeah. in her house. There was like a lot of like yeah. anti-black rhetoric and they like never wanted to deal with it at the reunions really and they just used to let her like brush it off and it wasn't a big deal I guess you could say it's like a journey of how much consciousness people have that they're willing to talk about it now but it does feel tokenistic I do agree with you Mel yeah I think as well like why hire one black woman in that safe space like you could just you could hire two even then have each other to rely on a little bit more Mm -hmm. I don't know and like the other black woman who they had in one episode recently I don't know her name um, she was just giving all lives matter vibes and it was just being, <laughs> I was thinking like why out of all the people that people in New York mm-hmm. are you having her on the show like mm-hmm. I just didn't know it put me off I agree and I oh. think this barometer of wokeness is interesting because I know we'll talk about Love Island but didn't they say this was like their most diverse cast ever and there was like <laughs> one one element of diversity is no no diversity. Yeah. So, I think it is true. Do you guys have you guys ever watched them um, Housewives of Potomac? I love Potomac. So there was I remember I started watching it and one of the one of the things that got me I think it must have been in season one or two and I think it was when they obviously they were talking about race and um forgive me I forgot all their names because I didn't really watch it in depth but one of them like a lot of them are mixed race right but I think two of them were like I'm not black and I was like no they said they were black Robin and oh, Giselle, they, weren't, they weren't white they, weren't yeah. they, they, they white. said they weren't mixed race and yeah. I think it's Katie who's half black half white was like you yes. are mixed race yeah because but yeah, the funny thing no. is is like even within because you know Mel, when you're saying about um it would be great like even if they'd hired like two black women for example i feel like the way the franchise goes they would still find a way to either make it out that they isolate themselves because they rely on each other or that there's drama between them because Mm -hmm. when i remember like in potomac when obviously katie was saying about you know she's half white half black you know proud of where she comes from she wears her natural her gorgeous fro and i remember they were coming at her for her afro being like oh you know it looks a certain type of way like your your hair is wild like using all these terms and it's like for women who also identify as black it's almost like you're it's, it sound it felt like they'll be pitted against each other mm-hmm. at, like different types of black mm-hmm. and I was just like mm-hmm. it's crazy because it's like the idea of having you know black women on the show should be in a positive light but i feel like the way reality switches it, it always finds us some sort of negative mm-hmm. connotation. I mean, the whole point of it all is it? to be dramatic right mm-hmm. it's yeah. all to be yeah. kind of you know the reason why mm-hmm. we watch it the reason why i tuned into this season of keeping up with kardashians is because that first episode where kim and courtney were like throwing hands i was so entertained <laughs> it was it was awful but i was sat there like whoa mm-hmm. so i think like mm-hmm. it will play it will play on the most horrible sides of people because the whole point of it is to be mm. dramatic is to grab mm. people's attention so mm. yeah um it's just like a part of that industry really unfortunately sure. i think talking about courtney and 
Kim fighting and the way that sort of violence is viewed versus the way black women are portrayed as aggressive and argumentative in reality TV show is really important because I personally don't think that Kim Kardashian or Kourtney Kardashian have suffered in any way from that show of aggression. Mm -hmm. I don't think they lost any brand deals. I don't think anyone is going to keep going on about like how they ghetto or all of that sort of stuff. It was kind of like we saw it and it was brushed on. I feel like one of the biggest tropes in reality TV is that black women are combative, aggressive and difficult and the things that spring to mind are like, I didn't see a lot of representation of black women in reality TV until Bad Girls Club. Like that, and until where I saw like casts that were predominantly black women. And I, for me, looking back at it now, it's like, it's mad that it took a show that is about like people being involved in criminal behavior, people being violent, that you're then gonna have a majority black cast. Like that is a hundred percent typecasting. Yeah. It's absolutely insane. And the other thing that springs to mind is when Big Brother, Celebrity Big Brother was on and Tiffany Haddish was in it um, and Megan McKenna was in it, Megan McKenna behaved absolutely shamelessly. She was screaming about Derrily Dunkers. She was threatening to bad people up 24-7. But the way that when it came to evictions, they would always put Tiffany up for the arguments that she had being like she's really aggressive she makes me feel unsafe all of that sort of stuff and there was none of that for Megan McKenna it just shows the way that for any show of emotion that is negative or frustration or anything especially in reality tv black women will be typecasted that way um and it's something that I think we're all super hyper aware of I think gets used for reality TV's benefit. I feel like the minute that they want drama or anything like that, they'll rile up the black character, put them in an, in, in a situation that is stressful or will trigger them. And rightly so, we should be able to show anger. We should be able to beef if we want to beef the same way white people can. Um, but I just think it's so sad how it gets used to our detriment. Yeah, the implications are like the fallout from that expression of frustration or emotion like it's Mm -hmm. so different there's such a disparity Mm -hmm. um and I think that's such a good point that you made about um you know how Kim and Courtney haven't lost any deals or anything like that I didn't even think of that there's been like no impact mm -hmm. you know didn't they kick Sharif out of Love Island one year for saying that for saying as a joke that he was gonna I don't want to say the word because it's really rude. Don't you remember? He said Uh, as a joke, he was going to like kick one of the girls somewhere and they like kicked him out of the show, even though he didn't do anything. And that was the year that Antoine did blackface and they didn't kick him out. So yeah. But they pick and choose. Yeah. But then I guess the other point I wanted to make is like the whole like ghettoization of um of blackness is like not only when we express those things does it get deemed as negative then it gets deemed as like ghetto at the same time Mm -hmm. um and like i see a lot of discourse that like shows like love and hip-hop are a detriment to black people like they represent black people badly but i argue that's because it's not being presented as authentic black culture it's being presented as like a bad culture when actually there's validity in the way that black people interact when they're just around black people. There's a validity in the way that they want to express, articulate, dress. It's not because it's hip hop, it's because it's their culture. So Mm -hmm. I think like that's where that comes from. I don't think we should make black people feel guilty for being black in spaces that are predominantly black and getting like shown as something else. 
Yeah, you know, when you were um, actually talking about that, it made me think about actually a couple of reality shows where they do that. Like, for example, in America's Next Top Model, the way Tyra would come at a lot of the black girls in terms of how they would act authentically and be like, you know, you shouldn't be acting like this. I know she's definitely used words and said in referring to women as ghetto or like this behavior was ghetto um, and like it wouldn't run in the model industry. Um, Another one that I thought about was actually Love Island when, do you guys remember Leanne? Like uh, the Ghanaian girl Leanne. And you remember when um, people were like, oh, she's so picky or when she kind of got the ick with Mike and, you know, she made that face like, oh, why is he so obsessed with me? And I remember on Twitter, so many people were coming for her. Like, why is she acting like this? Why is she acting so standoffish? But in reality, when you think about it, in real life, all of us would be like that too. Mm-hmm. Like every single person oh would be God. like that. Right. Like regardless of race, you would all be like that. Literally. So it's just the way Could that they painted her like that. Could you imagine ankle buckle? Like in real life, <laughs> Could you imagine that? I would have to leave. I'd have to just evaporate into the air. Like, there's no way I could continue. Like, I can't, guys. But it's just I so easy like, to do that. I you still know? shiver when my man says he loves me. I'm still a bit like, mm. oh yikes! Can't be doing but, it like that. No, but if you're thinking about, it, you're right. Twenty four hours, six weeks with somebody <laughs> that's trying to move to you constantly would yeah. be really intense. Full on. And obviously, you're allowed to feel how you feel. Like that's the whole essence of the show. But of course, they're gonna pick and choose like when they're gonna show certain parts. I even remember with Yawanda and the whole issue with Danny. The focus was always on the way that Yawanda was acting. She was acting moody, or she was acting standoffish. Like, why is she not making the effort? Why is she coming across like she's better than Danny, even though she was? Like, it's all. It's always you've always got to twist it. It's such a negative conversation. <laughs> <laughs> as if like as if the black woman has to be like the the moody one yeah. the aggressive one yeah. the ghetto one and it's just it's irritating agreed well i suppose we're talking about love island again yeah. well so what well, are our um, thoughts on this season of love island since we've used it as such a heavy case study paper towel dry not even salt and pepper it was good to see her getting her toes licked, though. I respect that guy so much for that. I know it seems like I've got a foot fetish for it from this particular, <laughs> from this particular two episode. <laughs> two mentions that's two too many. But I was like, um, just enjoyment. Like she was just maybe she didn't enjoy it. I don't know. It. So we're talking we, we about Kaz, by the way, guys. Um, for the audience, if we don't know, Kaz is the soul. She's the sole black woman in Love Island yeah, this she year, is. right? Yeah, um, she has been picked last yeah. again. I was, surprise, I was surprise. like, why would they only put one black woman in? And that was, I was like, pissed off about that. And then two, when that happened, I was literally like, mm. <laughs> you know, they always put like, well, in the last couple of seasons, they usually put like one black woman, one black guy, and they always mm-hmm. expect them to go together. And I know within me, I'm like, please, no, black love, no, yes. go together. No. But when you think about it, they might not. Act Actually vibe. They but might they not actually pick, like each other. They never pick the black guy that likes black girls. Except mm-hmm. that yeah, but, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mike, Mike, Mike and he Mike, picked yeah. Priscilla and he picked Leanne. Yeah. Yeah, and exactly. they always pick what is it that they call the um squarehead mixies that they that they call themselves Destiny's Childish? Wasn't that what they were called? Oh, that's yeah. <laughs> they always and look, we're not saying there's anything wrong with preference, but aggregated data 
if you're going to put a black girl in, at least give her a couple options of yeah. people who also like black want her. people. Yeah. You don't even want her to swell. You don't even want to pick like white guys who like black women. <laughs> like, why do you want them to be so cut off mm. and isolated? I don't get it. it. I think it even goes to the point of... Um, You've also got the preference aspect, but also just the like beauty team that they have. So mm-hmm. this year, I saw on Twitter that um, Freeborn Noble, which is a black-owned business, oh, are part of the team. Wigs? Yeah, no, but they're actually part of the team providing hair extension and wigs for the season. So it's not even just for Kaz. Like, I think it's for like all Very the good. cast. And I think what is so amazing about it is that I remember last year a lot of people came for Yawande for her wig, but it's because she didn't have the beauty team mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. cater to her mm-hmm. and even like I remember Amber Gill was talking about it in like previous times like not having a beauty team that cater to her so mm-hmm. I think with Love Island it's so much more than just That's the idea of like preference of people who actually mm-hmm. want black women but even mm-hmm. the products that they use the team that are there to mm-hmm. cater to them like do they even have that like mm-hmm. I sometimes you know when they um who is it like Boots or Superdrug who um sponsor the show mm-hmm. their products are not geared towards black women so some of the stuff that you see is like that's not geared towards black women in any way mm. shape or form so it's but do like... you feel like that love like do you even do you feel that love island is a safe space for black people well, i know we spoke about safe mm. spaces and making safe no. spaces safe for mm. black women and black men <laughs> or black non-binary people or whatever um it's not so like I don't know why there would be an expectation for there to be teams that are there to help them when it's not a safe space for us. And we've mm. seen that year on year. I think yeah, it's, it'd be it'd be fine if they weren't making such claims as to like, oh, it's a really diverse cast. Diverse, and like yeah. they they didn't listen when people said it's really triggering when you don't put people in who are interested in black people. Like even little things, the year Marcel was on, they, the way they were filming him, do you remember the colour? And everyone was like, why are you making him purple? Every single time he was on the screen, he was purple. Like, just like, because they obviously didn't even have the right lighting to film black people. Mm-hmm. So in little things like that, like, if you don't want to do the work to create safe spaces, not just for black people. I know there's the stuff about like, they said they were going to do like LGBTQIA plus mm-hmm. Love Island. And then they said um, it was like too logistically difficult. Too logistically <laughs> difficult. Yeah. Can we talk about that? That is so, insane. Uh-huh. But I was talking to, um, you know, Ali about this. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I do think it should be segregated. Like I'm, I'm not one for segregation, but like in this particular case, I think if you're going to make a safe a space safe for people, like it's, I mean, how funny would an all black cast be for Love Island? <laughs> I would, I would watch that every day. For ten Ovies, you mean I get to see ten Ovies on the screen? Like, <gasps> Lord help me! Like oh, I don't know. And even with like the LGBTQ um, IA plus, mm-hmm. um, like I feel like that would be how great would it be for people to be represented? Yeah, um, from all of those communities. And they've done it before. I think is it Are You the One had um, a cast? Their most recent, you know, Are You the One where they like have to figure out who their match is? I think they did one where it was like a non-binary like transgender non-conforming cast and it was really really amazing like Mm. it can be done 
I think you're right, Dom. It's like they don't want to do the work. So if you don't want to do the work, don't put people in there who yeah. are going to experience um, like ignorance, racism, sexism, transphobia, homophobia. Just don't bother. Mm. Yeah. I think that's what makes it hard, though, because it's on one hand, like you said, they should have their own safe space. But at the same time, is that taken away from the accountability of these franchises that actually should be making the effort to make these franchises a safe space? They're not making the effort. This is the issue. Yeah, no, exactly, yeah. I agree yeah. with your point, Abba, that like it still has to be done. I was just going to say, I think um, I think it's good they are making the cast more diverse. And I think it's good they are putting those beauty services in place. And did you say it was black owned as well, Abba? Yeah. So I feel like that is a good thing. However, I just feel like, as always, more work needs to be done. Mm-hmm. And it's quite interesting because in Too Hot to Handle, they have a, re- a, a more diverse cast, I would say, but you don't really see these issues crop up. So they obviously put the time in um, researching the cast. The producers do more research. Everybody does more research, I feel like, in general. Mm-hmm. And I think that is like, that's even more international. You don't really know what people from other countries views maybe on black women or black people in general. Yeah, you know, you don't have the same issues of no one getting, no one getting picked. Mm-hmm. So I feel like if they can do it and it's a smaller show, mm-hmm. then I can't love Highland. What do you know, I just actually think about this cast though? I feel like everyone is so boring. Like not everyone, that's the generalization. <laughs> dead, but like dead, dead, dead food. Dead food. No banter. It's got nothing to do with the way that they look because I'm not going to start eating into people's looks. But like I said, I can't believe they had two years to find these people and both episodes almost did my tuxes. That team was skiving. That team was skiving. Listen, they should be looking at at the reality age mates. Too hot to handle. First episode, Mm. first 15 minutes, energy inject it when i'm telling you everybody just fancies each other the banter's going you've got chocolate and vanilla so you've got chocolate and chocolate so you've got you all the swells you have them and it's like it's doable it's not yeah i don't know if i was having a moment no i don't know if i want to be like melinda or be with melinda and then be with marvin at the same time <laughs> it's literally too much for me to handle it's too much for me to handle, so, handle. i think back to mel's point about it's so interesting that it works on a global scale i think like if we ever revisit the topic of love island we should talk about how much is love island reflective of british values because I think there's a certain element of Britishness that dictates the way people's preferences are shaped. And I just want to say, blonde hair, saying I like blonde hair or I like girls that are blonde, we know that's code for that you only like white girls. White girls, yeah. And also every year, tall, dark and handsome, all of a sudden doesn't mean tall, dark and handsome. Um, (laughs) Mm, mm. So... I know we're going to share our favourite tweets, but someone actually said, when they said about the type about blonde hair, black girls, I say, if I wear 613 wig, are you going to like me? (laughs) Which is true, because if you like blonde hair, that means even on black babes, you should also like them too, because we can do blonde hair. So, yeah, I do think it's endemic of the broader way that, like, desirability and stuff is shaped Mm. in this country, especially around, like darkness and blackness and 
the men i think it extends to black men as well the way that they i think they get sexualized a lot in um love mm. island massively so just for things especially i'd say like obviously black men get sexualized in general but i feel like a lot of white women really sexualize mixed race yeah and then they'll be like yeah. oh i don't like black guys but i like mixed race guys like what does that mean like, do you know what I mean? You, you want uh, a black guy, but you want them to in, still have proximity to whiteness and not be like, like mm-hmm. the mono you see that of black. Mm-hmm. You see that literally every year, like a mixed race guy with a like a blonde girl. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just feel there's something sus. Mm-hmm. There's, a study, sus. Um, there's a study that uh, my flatmate sent to me, and we talk about it all the time. It's about like desirability politics. <clears throat> So basically, there's a study that was carried out and it found that like Asian women and it's all linked with stereotypes about like different ethnic, like women from different ethnicities. So Asian women are found to be the most desirable because they're assumed to be subservient, submissive. Then it's white women, then it's brown women. And then it's black women, surprise, surprise, last on the list. And I just think like the way that the politics of the matching ceremony plays out is so like draw such a parallel to that study mm-hmm. um i'll mm-hmm. see if i can find it. i think i have linked it but i've not read it all the way through but i just found it so interesting i was so like interesting what hell and it talks about <laughs> like the different demographics of like men and who they mm-hmm. prefer yeah it's so interesting because it's stuff that we all know as black women mm-hmm. like you kind of know like if you enter a room of guys you kind of know like where you're gonna land but it's really interesting to see like your experiences play out with within evidence and it's evidence and I just think mm-hmm. it is really stressful for black women to watch Love Island every year and know that if there's a black woman on there she's gonna be picked last like the anxiety you feel of like scared of her get, watching her get played or if somebody's interested in her like it's not real even mm-hmm. happened with the last season of the u.s love island with like caleb who is mixed race and justine who's black and dark-skinned was so happy turned out that his mum is colorist and he had a mixed race or like a white girlfriend at home anyway and was like <gasps> lying to justine the oh whole my time yeah you thought you good. found the love of your life could you imagine the way that your stomach would drop from your chest to your asshole, like there is no way. How? How? And you know the maddest, the maddest thing about that was when they asked him, like when his dad came on, um, and when they won, he was like, "I'm so happy I found Justine in a year where we've had so much turmoil. I just really wanted to symbolise black love, and like it's so important that we can show black people that we can find love and we can be safe." And meanwhile, so back at the ranch. So, so black- so when I tell you, when I tell you, the devil works hard. So black people, <laughs> I tell you, wow. I wanted to throw hat. Do you know he lost the way I followed him straight away? I said, I'm snatching back my followers. Now, so listen, everyone, everyone and their mum would actually have to burn because how can you, how can you, all of those weeks you go through thinking, like you said, Dom, you found the love of your life. You're going to embark on this new journey. You have all this following where people are rooting for you to like, do well only to find out oh but it's interesting because it is weaponizing blackness as well like he mm-hmm. was aware of the climate mm-hmm. like he was aware of like he, you know he how easy it was to win to mm. get the peas i bet so, he had a, a pep so talk sad. with his girlfriend at home before he went in yeah mm-hmm. i bet he said listen 
I'm gonna do what I'm gonna have to do to secure the bag. Don't really watch truly. me, but just let me bring home the money. This man was crying on live TV about how much he loved her. I was like, these people can lie. They lie. All a lie. It was all a lie. <laughs> Um, but speaking of different geographic um, love islands, what did you guys see all of that stuff that happened with the South African love island? Yeah, it was, it's the cast where basically none of them were black. And it was like, huh? What's this? My face when I saw the promo. I had to log <laughs> off. I had to listen. I had to log off. How can you do Love Island in a, like, majority black country and all of the people are white apart from one or two of the contestants the audacity the tenacity the temerity that's all i can say with chess they did that as well and what what was there even was there even a like a comeback from the producer saying yeah what had happened i couldn't or... find it i spent this is why i spent an hour trying to find it earlier on <laughs> so, this is how xenophobic i'm like People are like, oh, we're the rainbow nation. I'm like, no, y'all are racist and xenophobic as hell. Um, basically, the producers wrote back to someone who'd written in a complaint saying, where are all the black people? South, Af- South Africa is like a 80.2% um, like black population. So why are you telling me that 80% of the candidates are white? It's not even representative of the nation. And they wrote back saying, sorry, we're not Nigerians. I was itchy like way my phone just sick. Sick. Yeah. It's awful. It is really bad out there. It's a different sort of evil. And I think like people we spoke about this, like people were like, Well, you guys talk about like the importance of structural racism and all this stuff all the time, so why are you bothered about reality TV? But I think when these things are so symbolic of like issues that and real problems that we have to face every day, issues with access, issues with feeling safe, feeling seen, feeling desired, represented correctly, it is really important. Um, so like it's not like we're just saying like solving this stuff will fix racism and will fix real oppression and will fix real anti-blackness. But they are consequences of racism, of structural racism and and anti-blackness. And I think like if you want us to pretend everything is okay, it's very difficult when we can see it literally Mm -hmm. everywhere. Mm -hmm. You know, in an apartheid state to still see like apartheid on TV is post-apartheid supposed is... Sorry, yeah, you're right, apartheid state. Yeah, it's horrible. And I think also, like, I don't know, it's weird because I'm obviously diasporic from there specifically. And it was so hard for me to see that. But it's really sad to see that, like, stuff like that is still happening there today. But I suppose it just shows that, like, racism is, like, a global issue. So I'm just actually still in shock even just thinking about it. It's it's absolutely wild. And the fact that even in like real reality, like life, this is the things that you deal with. And then in a reality TV show where you're trying to find escapism and you're still seeing it there. Why do you think people are constantly like having an issue with these things and talking about these topics? But Why can't we escape? 
there was a meme of like when um somebody saw Kaz in the lineup, you know that painting of the woman where she's hanging over the side of the bed and her head is down and she's like it was yeah. like it was like why do I have to dust off my battle suit and come and fight for a black woman again? Mm. And like, <laughs> that's it's how I feel. Though. I feel like unless they deal with these problems every single time I see black people in these spaces, I just I'm like, I can't not care and I just can't yeah. be bothered to go through the discourse, the emotions and stuff. I just want to watch reality TV and disassociate. Like, that is mm-hmm. it. So... Which is why we're heavily plugging Too Hot to Handle because we love that. <laughs> Belinda? <laughs> a yeah, French no, guy? Yeah. And it, I feel like I can't find a bloody quote for this. I've been looking online. I literally couldn't find a quote. If I find one, I'll link it as you guessed it. (laughs) thank you so much for listening to this week's episode we publish episodes every second thursday you can follow us on spotify and find us on instagram at diaspora underscore collective and on twitter at diaspora c pod where you can find our follow-up resource roadmaps for each episode and other posts related to issues close to our hearts thanks for listening guys good morning good afternoon good evening or whatever time (laughs) bye